Well, good morning once again. I'm Laura Horton Ludwig, and it is my pleasure to welcome you today to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalist online worship service. A couple of reminders for those who are joining us via Zoom. If you would like to follow along with the order of service, I invite you to visit WUU org to download a copy. The link to join is next to the links to join in remotely. The link to download the service, that is. And if you are not yet on our email list and would like to sign up for that email list to keep up with opportunities to connect, serve, and grow even in these times, I invite you to please fill out the online visitor form at wuu.org and that is right underneath the link to download the order of service. For our Zoom participants today, please note that at this time you might want to change your view to speaker view so that you can have a better view of whoever is speaking. Our AV technicians today will be muting and unmuting you as needed. And again, for all those who are joining on Zoom, we invite you to stay after the service for a time of small group check-in and conversation. Again, welcome. I'm Nan Hart, your worship associate today. We are happy that you have joined us by a live stream audio or video or Zoom. Whether you have come seeking comfort, encouragement, or inspiration, you belong here. You are seen here, even if you are joining by phone and we cannot see you physically. If you are a visitor, we offer you a special welcome and a warm thank you for joining us online today. Now I invite you to join in saying our welcoming words. Please, as you say these words, speak them to each other and know that we are connected across the distance. The words are pasted into the Zoom chat. We'll do this as a call and response. I'll say one line, then you say it out loud wherever you are. Folks on Zoom, we will unmute you so that you can hear each other. Come, come, whoever you are. Come, come, whoever you are. Whatever you love, whatever your image of the holy, whatever your image of the holy, your presence here is a gift. Your presence here is a gift. All are worthy, all are welcome. Hello and happy Earth Day. I'm Hannah. Today's call to worship is by the Universalist and Unitarian Minister, Reverend Thomas Starr King, from an 1863 sermon entitled Lessons from the Sierra Nevada. I believe that if, on every Sunday morning before going to church, we could be lifted to a mountain peak and see a horizon line of 600 miles enfolding the copious splendor of the light on such a varied expanse, or if we could look upon a square mile of flowers representing all the species with which the creative spirit embroiders his own, or if we could be made to realize the distance from the earth from the sun, the light of which travels every morning 12 millions of miles a minute to feed and bless us, and which the force of gravitation pervades without intermission to hold our globe family in its orbit and on its poise, 
if we could fairly perceive through our onward, outward expenses, one or two features of the constant order and glory of nature, our materialistic dullness would be broken. Surprise and joy would be awakened. We should feel that we live amid the play of infinite thought and the devout spirit would be stimulated to potently, uh, so potently that our hearts would naturally mount in praise and prayer. Thank you, Hannah. So what if on every Sunday morning before going to church, we could be lifted to that mountain peak? I want to invite you to try the experiment with me. Take a moment, if you would, and close your eyes if you feel comfortable doing that. And think of the most beautiful place in nature that you've ever been. Call to mind, what does this place look like? What does the air feel like on your skin? What does it smell like? What sounds do you hear? Savor that beautiful place in your mind for a breath or two. And now let's come back to this present moment. Are you ready for Earth Day? Let's worship together. Now, please join me in saying the words to light our chalice as we highlight Austin. If you have a chalice or a candle handy nearby, please go ahead and light it now. Again, we'll unmute you and do this as a call and response. We light this chalice. Again, we light this chalice. We light this chalice. For the warmth of love. For the warmth of love. For the light of truth. For the light of truth. For the energy of action. For the, for the energy, energy of action, action. and for the harmony of peace. And for the, for harmony, the harmony of peace. Peace in our hearts. Peace in our hearts. Peace in our community. Peace in our community. And peace in our world. And peace in our world. Nicely done, Nan. Thank you. I'm going to read to you one of the classics, in my opinion. And it is called, Why Do Mosquitoes Buzz in People's Ears? Why Do Mosquitoes Buzz in People's Ears? A West African Tale, retold by Verna Arderma. One morning, a mosquito saw an iguana drinking at a waterhole. The mosquito said, Iguana, you will never believe what I saw yesterday. Try me, said the iguana. The mosquito said, I saw a farmer digging yams that were almost as big as I am. What's a mosquito compared to a yam, snapped the iguana grumpily. I'd rather be deaf than listen to such nonsense. Then he stuck two sticks in his ears and went off through the weeds. Here's the grumpy iguana.
The iguana was still grumbling to himself when he happened to pass by a python. The big snake raised his head and said, good morning, iguana. The iguana did not answer, but lumbered on, bobbing his head. Now, why won't he speak to me, said the python to himself. Iguana must be angry about something. I'm afraid he's plotting some mischief against me. He began looking for somewhere to hide, and the first likely place he found was a rabbit hole. And in it he went, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. When the rabbit saw a big snake coming into her burrow, she was terrified. She scurried out through the back way and bounded into a clearing. Crow saw the rabbit running for her life. He flew into the forest crying, caw, 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 because we all know that it is Crow's job to warn people of danger. The monkey heard the crow. He was sure that some dangerous beast was prowling near. He began screeching and leaping, klee, wee, through the trees to help warn the other animals. As the monkey was crashing through the treetops, he happened to land on a dead limb, and it broke and fell onto the owl's nest, sadly killing one of the owlets. Mother Owl was not at home, for when she usually hunted only in the night, this morning she was still out searching for one more tidbit to satisfy her hungry babies. When she returned to the nest, she found one of them dead. Her other children told her that the monkey had done it. All that day and all that night, she sat in her tree. So sad, so sad, so sad. And now it was Mother Owl who woke the sun each day so that dawn could come. But this time, when she hooted and hooted for the sun, when she should have hooted and hooted for the sun, she did not do it. The night grew longer and longer. The animals of the forest knew that the night was lasting much too long. They feared that the sun would never come back. At last, King Lion called a meeting of all the animals. They came and sat down around a cancel fire, but Mother Owl did not come. So the antelope was sent to fetch her. When she arrived, King Lion asked Mother Owl, why have you not called the sun? The night has lasted so long, long and long, and everyone is worried. Mother Owl said, monkey killed one of my owlets, and because of that, I cannot bear to wake the sun. The king said to the gathered animals, it was the monkey who killed the owlet, and now Mother Owl won't wake the sun so that day can come. Then King Lion called the monkey. He came before him nervously, glancing from side to side. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Monkey, said the king. Why did you kill one of Mother Isle's babies? Oh, king, um, it, it, it was the crow's fault. He was calling and calling to warn us of danger and I went leaping through the trees to get help. A limb broke under me and it fell onto the owl's nest. The king said to the council, so it was the crow 
who alarmed the monkey, who killed the owlet. And now Mother Owl won't wake the sun so that the day can come. Then the king called for the crow. And that big bird came and flapped up and he said, King Lion, it was the rabbit's fault. I saw her running for her life during the daytime. Wasn't that reason enough to spread an alarm? And the king nodded his head and said to the council, so it was the rabbit who startled the crow, who alarmed the monkey, who killed the owlet. And now Mother Owl won't come to wake the sun so that the day can come. Then the Lion King called the rabbit. The timid little creature stood up before him, one trembling paw drawn up uncertainly. Rabbit, said the king, why did you break the law of nature and go running, running, running into the daytime? Oh, king, it was the python's fault. I was in my house minding my own business when that big snake came in and chased me out. So the king said to the council, so it was the python who scared the rabbit, who startled the crow, who alarmed the monkey, who killed the owlet, and now Mother Owl won't wake the sun so that the day can come. King Lion called the python, who came slithering past the other animals. But king, he cried, it was Iguana's fault. He wouldn't speak to me, and I thought he was plotting some mischief against me. When I crawled into the rabbit's hole, I was only trying to hide. So the king said to the council, so it was the Iguana who frightened the python, who scared the rabbit, who startled the crow, who alarmed the monkey, who killed the owlet, and now Mother Owl won't wake the sun so that the day can come. Now, the Iguana was not at the meeting before he had not heard the summons. The antelope was sent to fetch him. All the animals laughed when they saw the iguana coming, with the sticks still in his ears. You can see him here, he's still doing a grump. I ask you, is that not a grumpy iguana? King Lion pulled out the sticks, ploop, ploop, then he asked, Iguana, what evil have you been plotting against the python? None, none at all, cried the Iguana. Python is my friend. Then why wouldn't you say good morning to me, demanded the snake. I didn't hear you or even see you, said the Iguana. Mosquito told me such a big lie. I couldn't bear to listen to it, so I put sticks in my ears. Just said the Iguana, it was the mosquito's fault. King Lion said to the council, so it was the mosquito who annoyed the iguana, who frightened the python, who scared the rat, who startled the crow, who alarmed the monkey, who killed the owlet, and now Mother Owl won't wake the sun so that the day can come. Punish the mosquito, cried all the animals. When Mother Owl heard that, she was satisfied. She turned her head toward the east and hooted, hoo, 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 and the sun came up. Meanwhile, Mosquito 
had listened to it all from a nearby bush. She crept under a curly leaf, zoom, and was never found and brought before the council. So because of this, Mosquito has a guilty conscience. To this day, she goes about whining in people's ears. Why is everyone angry at me? And when she does that, she gets a very honest answer. And that is the story of why mosquitoes buzz in people's ears. Our reading today comes from the UUA's book, Justice on Earth. In this passage, <clears throat> Reverend Jennifer Nordstrom tells the story of how she first learned about environmental justice from other youth and young adults who came together in the summer of 2010 to protest nuclear weapons. These are her words. <clears throat> These partners taught us about how communities of color were exploited and poisoned by the entire nuclear fuel cycle. From uranium mining on indigenous land and the contamination of surrounding indigenous Chicano and Latinx communities to nuclear waste storage in communities of color. Prior to that summer, I had thought of the environment as something separate from humans, trees, water, and the earth. I learned from environmental justice organizations led by people of color 
that the environment includes everything around us. Non-human nature, the streets, people, patterns of oppression, differing experiences of the environment mitigated by those patterns, as well as trees, water, and the earth. The environment is not simply natural wilderness in need of saving. And now I invite you to join in a spirit of meditation, reflection, and prayer. Spirit of life, spirit of love, help us remember that the earth we sing and celebrate today is not only the wild nature we love, it is everything. It is us and not us and everything. It is our backyard and our potted plants. It is the tree growing on the city block and the sidewalk that surrounds it. It is the cat and the squirrel and the ant as much as the mighty lion and elephant. It is the landfill and the toxic waste dump just as much as the national park. We cannot save the planet if we cannot hold it all. The parts we love, the parts we disdain, the parts we conserve, the parts we pollute. Help us to love this whole earth. Help us to believe still in the possibility of redemption for our planet and for ourselves. And help us to remember that there is no planetary salvation without justice for all the peoples of the earth. For too long, systems of power have laid the burden of pollution and climate change too heavily on communities already weighed down by the burdens of racism and economic injustice. But we can do better than this. Change is possible, and we can help bring it into being with our actions. In this time of enforced stillness, have we not been encouraged to see the skies and the waters grow clearer? May this moment on earth with all its hardships, all its difficulties, help us awaken to the possibility of a new way healing for our planet and all its creatures and all its people. May this be so, not only today, but every day. And in this time of meditation and prayer, we also lift up all the joys and sorrows that are present here in our community and in the world. Today we, all, we honor the holy month of Ramadan, which began this past Thursday. We offer our prayers for our Muslim friends and neighbors who are fasting and finding new ways to gather in online community just as we have. May this be a blessed 
peaceful and meaningful time for the global Muslim community, and especially for our neighbors right here on the peninsula. And of course, we continue to hold and love and care all who are sick and all who are caring for them and all our leaders who are acting on the basis of solid scientific information and prudence and care. May we strengthen their leadership with our actions. And I invite you now to take a moment and think about who is on your heart today. There may be people in your life whom you are concerned about or perhaps celebrating with. And if you are on Zoom, I invite you now to type their names into the chat so that we can draw this circle wide. Who is on your heart today? We hold these and so many others in love and care. And now I invite you to add your own silent prayers and meditations. Amen, and blessed be.
That was just absolutely lovely. Thank you, Justice. Each Sunday, we make an offering from the bounty we are blessed to enjoy. We do so in a spirit of generosity and in recognition of our ongoing commitment to serve our world and share our values. If you are joining us for the first time, please feel free to give if you wish and also know that your presence is gift enough. Today's offering goes to our general operating fund, which supports just about everything we do. Especially in these times, your support is deeply appreciated. If you'd like to give through our website, please visit wuu.org and click on Give Online to WUU. If you'd like to give by text, please text the dollar amount of your gift to 757 500 0688. Again, that's 757 500 0688. And follow the prompts from there. Or if you prefer to give by check, please mail your check to WUU 3051 Ironbound Road, Williamsburg, Virginia 23185. Thank you so much.
Justice, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, sharing your music with us today. It's just absolutely splendid. We are very, very grateful. So hello again, everybody. I've got to admit, I found it rather challenging to figure out what to say to you about Earth Day this year, mostly because Earth Day sermons are usually about inspiring you to do stuff for the earth. But here we are in the middle of a pandemic and it is a little distracting. We are all going through an enormous adjustment and it's exhausting for some even more so than others like our healthcare providers and our parents who have become homeschoolers while you try to do your regular jobs too. And we appreciate you and we see what you are doing. So I, I want to start by just naming it. You are tired. We are all tired. That is where this Earth Day finds us.
but still we haven't stopped caring about our neighbors and doing so many kind things to help out. I see people offering to make masks for other people who need them. I see people volunteering at food banks, checking in on neighbors who might need a hand. So many ways that you are showing your care, living your values, and what many of us are finding is that it is actually energizing. It gives us more energy, more life when we find ways to help. And so even though we have a lot on our plate right now, I want to invite us to look up and look around and collectively reconnect on this Earth Day with our care for our planet and all its creatures and all its people in the faith that when we reconnect and find ways to serve, it helps us feel more alive. So here we go. This Earth Day Sunday is also the last Sunday of our month of asking, what does it mean to be a people of liberation? And on this 50th anniversary of Earth Day, 50 years ago, Earth Day came into being. And I want to lift up that this is also just about the 50th anniversary of the liberation theology movement, which is one of the key foundations of our social justice ministry today. Liberation theology, some of you might know about it, but I'll tell you a bit about it in case, in case this is uh, not something you're familiar with. Liberation theology was born in South America in the late 1960s and early 70s. I want to tell you in particular about one person. This smiling person here is Gustavo Gutierrez. He is a priest from Peru. And in 1971, he published a book that has become pretty famous. Um, this is his book. This is my copy of it. It's called A Theology of Liberation. And Gutierrez's ministry was all about working with people who were living in poverty, really weighed down by systems of oppression, and working with them to help them fully know that they were valuable, they were precious, they were passionately loved by the love that moves the universe, and they deserve to be safe and well. If you have ever heard that teaching coming out of the Christian tradition that says God has a preferential option for the poor, maybe you've heard that before. That is Gutierrez. He goes back to the ancient prophetic tradition in the Jewish scriptures with those mighty messages that God wants poor people to be protected, not abused. He lifts up Jesus's messages in the Gospels about feeding the hungry healing the sick, visiting people in prison, being generous with what has been given to you. And he calls, Gutierrez calls on each of us, no matter how much money or power we have or don't have, to work for the liberation of everybody who is harmed by systems of oppression of every kind. So there is never a bad time to lift up this message, right? But especially now, I know that you are following what's going on in this pandemic with communities of black and brown people getting hit by COVID-19 much harder than majority white communities, which we know is because of the structural racism that has systematically shifted wealth and power away from communities of color toward white communities, all of which 
has led to people of color being more likely to work in service jobs that expose them to the virus, less likely to have health insurance or the means to pay for it, and more likely to have those pre-existing health conditions that make people more vulnerable to COVID-19, like diabetes and heart disease. And let's connect the dots a little bit further to Earth Day and recall another thing that we already know, which is that because of structural racism, poor communities and communities of color bear the brunt of industrial pollution and all the health consequences that go along with that. This, of course, includes right here in our own backyard. Maybe you've heard about the proposed Chickahominy Power Station. You probably know about this, the fracked gas power plant that developers are trying to build in Charles City County right next door to us. Now, Charles City County is about 60% people of color, mostly African Americans. And so is anybody here super surprised that developers are trying to put the power station there in Charles City County rather than here in James City County, which is 76% white? Is anyone super surprised? But still, there is hope that the plant will not go through. Many of you have submitted comments urging the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality to deny the proposal. The public, the public comment uh, period is now closed, so now we wait on the next step, but I'm sure there will be a next step, and there is hope. You might have heard about what's happening just a few miles away in Union Hill. Union Hill, a community in Buckingham County, west of Richmond, which was founded by formerly enslaved African Americans after the Civil War. To recap, as part of the Atlantic Coast Pipeline Project, Dominion Energy has been trying to build a natural gas compressor station in Union Hill, but the community does not want it. These compressor stations pump a lot of toxic chemicals into the air. There's a whole parcel of issues. And the folks who live in Union Hill have organized very successfully to stop the station. A year ago, four of our WUs, and they were Nan Hart, Wayne Moyer, Austin Peterson, and John Whitley, drove out there to join in a major protest organized by the community, which had uh, Reverend Dr. William Barber and former Vice President Al Gore among the speakers. And in January, a federal court sided with the Union Hill community against Dominion Energy. So for now, the comp that compressor station has been blocked. But the work goes on, as it always does. And even now, there are ways that we can help in the global and local struggle to shift to a way of living that honors our communities of color, and honors our whole earth. It is time to look up, look around, listen to what leaders of color are doing and asking us all to do. And if you're not sure about what might be a good next step for you, I wanna give you a couple of ideas before we close. First of all, I wanna share another book with you. This is a book called Justice on Earth, 
people of faith working at the intersections of race, class, and the environment. That's where our reading came from today that Nan shared, and it is published by our own Unitarian Universalist Association. I'm going to take a moment to drop a link to purchase that if you're interested into the chat. Hold on just a moment here. Okay, there's the link for you. And okay, so so that's one idea to um, take a look at this book, read about it, read read the essays in it, and 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 see if it might give you some new information, new perspective. And second of all, if you find that right now what you really want to do is get involved and, and do some actions, I encourage you to find an organization that's doing online activism right now. Get on their email list. Know that you are part of a global movement, even if you cannot leave your home. There are a lot of organizations doing great work out there. Personally, I am a fan of 350.org. Easy link to remember. I'll go ahead and paste that in the chat as well. 350.org, um, founded by Bill McKibben, among others. Give me just a moment to drop this in. Okay, there we go. But that's only one of many, many options that you have. Third, November is coming. November is coming and your vote has never been more important. The White House may be using this pandemic as an excuse to roll back environmental protections for all of us, but November is coming and if we pull together as a nation, we can get this country back on track to lead into the clean energy future that we know is still possible. So listen and learn, act and vote. If we all do these simple things, we can make a difference. So now I ask you to cast your mind back to the very beginning of our service. And once more, remember that beautiful place that you called to mind as we began, a beautiful place on earth. Take a breath and find yourself just for a moment back in that place. And remember the creative energy that brought that place into being has also brought us into being and it is not done with us yet. So have faith in our ability to do the right thing, to seize the opportunities to make a difference. Remember, it was just one year ago on Earth Day that this congregation dedicated our solar panels, newly installed at that time on the roof of our main building. And I have good news for you. In a little over a year, our solar panels have already kept over 100,000 pounds of carbon dioxide out of our atmosphere. That will just keep going and growing. And this year, let us use this time of crisis to bring forth change and healing for people and all beings on this planet. On this 50th anniversary of Earth Day, let us act so that the next 50 years will be an era not of despair, but of repair. An era of hope, wisdom, and blossoming beginning right now. Thank you for your care and for your brave hearts. It is good to be together.
Amen and blessed be. So now it's time to extinguish the chalice and I invite you to blow out your candle at the same time. We will paste the words in the Zoom chat. And again, we will do this as a call and response. Give me just a moment to post the words. Here we are. Somebody we extinguish this flame. We extinguish this flame. Not the light of truth. The warmth of community. The fire of commitment. The fire of commitment. Peace carry in our hearts. Until we are together. If it's going to be pretty muddy. we are together again. <laughs> I wanted to wear these instead. And as we leave this time together, I'm going to invite you to hold up your hands, remembering what it feels like to be connected as we are. May the blessings of the earth and sky bring joy to your heart, and may your actions be a blessing in the continuing work for a world where all can breathe freely on a planet healed and green. May it be so, blessed be, and amen.